The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investments goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors, LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the, the money. The skies are sunny. You are through. You've done us wrong. An old man recession. You better be through. We are sick and tired of you. And we are back. This is Money Matters with Ken Morafe. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morafe. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of personal finances and retirement. We talk about the stock market. We talk about inflation. You name it, we talk about it. And we try to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to talk have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week, hey, a lot of this is ad lib, isn't it? Yes, it absolutely is. And in fact, uh, this week we're going to have a show chock full of ad libbing, and uh, we have a great show lined up for you. But before we do that, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Morafe, the host of Money Matters with Ken Morafe. Thank you, Jack. And I am founder and senior retirement planner at Retirement Planners of America. And we are a firm that specializes in retirement planning. So we work primarily with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And those are people that are retired or retiring soon. If you're within five years of retirement or five years into retirement, we you, we want to talk with you. We want to see if we can help you. And this show is designed to do all of the above. Now, uh, we have a great show lined up for you. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. Uh, first of all, as we always do, we look back and we look at uh, uh, economic data and how it might impact our investments and uh, give you some thoughts about that. And we got data on consumer confidence last week, and the consumer confidence numbers were the lowest in the pandemic. And in fact, they were the lowest going back 30 years. So uh, this is not, not a good sign because our economy, 70% of it is driven by consumers spending money. And if they're- Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> yes, we do. So if the consumer has uh, a problem, then uh, the economy most likely will also have a problem. And therefore, we think the stock market might go with it. So anyway, we'll talk about the, uh, the effects of the consumer confidence, what that's all about, what we think about that. And uh, we'll give you some insight into that. Also, this week, I want to talk with you about how much risk should you take 
with your retirement. Okay, so when you are uh, making your investment decisions and how much risk is appropriate for you, um, I want to give you some parameters, some things to think about, and uh, even some mathematical ways of calculating how much risk is appropriate for you. And uh, if you have that, then we think you can make a better decision as to how to allocate your money. Now, also, one of the topics that probably comes up the most of any topic, in fact, uh, last week uh, I had... I think almost every client meeting I had, we talked about Social Security. So I think it, it's not 100%, obviously, because we have clients that are already on Social Security. But it is a uh, very, very high importance topic. And so we're going to talk about that in our third segment, as we always do. This week, we're going to talk about how to increase your Social Security benefits by 32% or even maybe 50%. So we'll, t- we'll show you how to do that uh, later on in the show if you haven't done it already. Uh, and also, uh, and you know, one of the things that, that is foundational to our philosophy, and you know, uh, Inc. Five, Inc. Inc. Magazine named us uh, one of the 5,000 fastest growing companies in the United States. And I think one of the reasons why they did that is, be- and the reasons for our growth, should I say, uh, is that our philosophy of protection of principle resonates with the people that we want to work with. We want to work with people who are about to retire or who are retired. So if that's you, then taking large losses, uh, you know, when you're within five years could stop you from retiring. If you are retired, it could cause you not to be able to live the lifestyle you want, force you to go back to work, things we don't want you to have happen. And so protection of principle uh, is, is foundational to our philosophy of managing money. And so, but the, I would say mainstream, if you will, if you'll give me that, uh, philosophy is buy, hold, and sell, right? You buy, or rather not even sell, you buy and hold, you just stay in there forever. And so this week, I want to talk about buy, hold, the buy, hold myth, which is it's okay to lose 50% of your money in the next bear market because it'll come back and everything will be fine. Well, I want to talk about the math of that and why that is such a dangerous thing to believe, especially, as I said, if you're within that uh, 10-year period that I was talking about. Now, you know, most uh, most shows, uh, Jack, would stop right there. Most shows would stop and say, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Boom! Somebody stop me! Yeah, don't you dare stop me, because on this show, do we only go where people expect us to? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before, and therefore, at about 10 till, we will have our estate tip of the week. And uh, this week, I want to go over with you uh, one of the traditionally very stable, hardly ever at risk parts of the estate tax law, which is what's called a step up in basis. However, President Biden is uh, uh, suggesting in his proposals that he wants to get rid of that and exchange it for a, a capital gains rate instead. And that could affect a lot of people, uh, and I want to go over what that means. So if you're in the mode of wanting to leave money to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, then uh, you should tune in at about 10 till when we talk about how the tax laws could impact you. All right, so I think we have a fantastic show lined up for you. I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire program. Uh, I want to tell you uh, before we get going that we've started a countdown in our household. Uh, my wife and me, uh, and that is uh, the ni- we're, we're 19 days away from what uh, the doctors said 
is when the baby's, uh, our grand, our first grandson is supposed to arrive. Now, of course, he may be on a different timetable. I don't think he's consulted with the doctors and said, hey, guys, I'm coming on, uh, you know, September 6th, so uh, mark your calendar. Uh, so he may come a few, a few days later or a few days sooner, obviously, but uh, be that as it may, we're counting down the days based on what the doc said, and uh, that's 19 days and counting. So it's pretty exciting. I'm told it's going to change my life and turn everything upside down and completely change all that I've ever thought and will think. I don't know. I, I don't see it yet. I guess I'll find out. Anyway, let's talk about consumer confidence. So, uh, you know, consumer confidence hit the lows of the pandemic, okay? Not just lows for this year, but the lows since we've been in this pandemic. And uh, so that is really significant. And our view is that this is because we have this this Delta variant that's that's come in. And it's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Do we have to go through this again? Do I have to get beaten on the back of the head with another lockdown? Are we going to have to go into quarantining? It's like, oh no, please don't do this to me again. And I think that's caused uh, consumers' confidence to, to slow way, way down. And in fact, it's the lowest it's been since 1991. So you have to go back 30 years before you can find consumer confidence as, as low as it is today. And uh, now if you look at the Delta variant and how it has behaved uh, in uh, Asia and in uh, Europe, where it seems like, you know, they, they kind of catch this stuff and then bring it over here to us is what it seems like it, it happens. So we're a little delayed from them, um, is that the Delta variant is, is behaving a lot faster than uh, the original COVID. Um, and it seems like it, it, uh, it, it really spikes very quickly in two or three months, and it hits its peak then, as opposed to the original COVID, which took several months before it did. And then it, it tapers down quickly from that. Unfortunately, it leaves in its wake a lot of dead people. And uh, so take care of yourselves, folks. Be safe. Uh, but more from the standpoint of what this all means to our investments and the future of our stock market and our view, we don't see it as a, we, we see it, if anything, as a temporary deal. If it plays out like it has in Asia and in Europe, we get past it and then consumer confidence comes back. We feel better about where the economy is going to get back on track again. And people are smarter at dealing with the Delta variants than they, they were dealing with COVID original. And so I think because of all of that, our feeling is that we should play through this. We might get a correction out of it. Um, a correction is a drop of 10%, uh, of more than 10%, but less than 20%. But uh, we don't think that that's going to be something that will cause us to actually say it's time to get out of the market and protect yourself and take shelter. We think it'll be something we'll say, fasten your seatbelt. It's going to be a very bumpy ride. And of course, you know, we're pretty much uh, into a, a bit of a, a drop as we've seen this last week. We've seen some, uh, some turbulence already. So we anticipate that's not abnormal if it were to happen. The market has gone up, the S&P and the Dow have gone up significantly in the first half of the year. And so this is not unreasonable. And, uh, but uh, right now, not something that we think you should be overly aware, um, um, concerned about. Now, having said that, it could deteriorate into something really bad. And as we always say, you know, you don't know if a tornado or a hurricane is going to hit you or not. There's a warning out there it could, but that's not the point. The point is you need to be prepared for it. You need to have a game plan to address what happens if it does. 
And so with our invest and protect strategy, uh, which we enacted last year, the day before the pandemic was announced and before the major drop in the market happened in 2008 and in, in Y2, Y2K, our, our strategy said to sell as well. So we want to be proactively protecting you from the downside. And we have, uh, we have that strategy. We also want to talk about diversifying your portfolio. Uh, and we have a seminar coming up that I'd like for you to attend if you're over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon. And so if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. Um, at that seminar, we will be talking about uh, reducing your income taxes. We'll talk about how to uh, diversify your portfolio. We'll talk about cash flow planning, uh, where you should get your money when you retire, how to calculate if you have enough to retire. We have uh, how to fight inflation, tons and tons of great information, in my opinion, that I think will help you to plan out your retirement. And it's all at no charge or obligation. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And uh, uh, sign up to visit, uh, to attend a seminar. And by the way, we podcast this show. I invite you to subscribe to the show so you can listen to it whenever you want to. So please do subscribe to the show. You can do it on our website, again, rpoa.com, or from any of the major streaming services. Uh, you can. Uh, it's Money Matters with Ken Morafe, of course. Well, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about how much risk should you take with your retirement. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. I want to talk with you now about something that I think is uh, extremely important, which is how much risk you take with your investments, especially if you're in retirement or you're about to retire. And the reason why risk, understanding how much risk you should take is so important is because when you invest, risk is your enemy. And, uh, but it's also your friend, right? Because the more risk you take, in theory, the more return you're going to get. So you make more money over time, in theory, by taking on more risk. But at the same time, by taking on more risk, you could lose more too. So it's like it's this double-edged sword. And finding the right balance of where you sit in that, in that spectrum is extremely important. So how do you go about doing that? Well, one of the things that we do is we, we start with a cash flow analysis, Okay, so we want to determine the, the, the objective. We, we use the cash flow analysis, the retirement cash flow plan is what we call it. So we want to do a retirement cash flow plan with you because it helps us to determine multiple things. Number one is, do you have enough money to retire? Okay, because uh, if your cash flow that you're going to need at retirement is more than your investments can support, then you're not ready yet. Um, if you and it also helps us to determine how much risk you should take because it, it helps us to look at how much return do we need to make on your money to be able to satisfy the needs you have during your retirement. So all of those things are derived from our retirement cash flow plan. And so we start with looking at what are your expenses? What are all the expenses that you're going to have during your retirement? And I was talking to a client uh, just the other, just two days ago, and uh, he said, well, yeah, my, my uh, cost of living, my expenses are going to be uh, $1,200 a month. And I said, no. <laughs> no, they're not. And he goes, well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's like my essentials. And I said, okay, well, your essentials, I'll, I'll give you 1200 bucks a month for your essentials. I think that's low, but probably, okay, I'll give you that. But does that include, like, if you want to go play golf, if you want to travel, if you want to go out to a restaurant, if you want to, you know, have fun of any kind? And he goes, well, of course not. 
And I said, well, what about your, your, your two sons? Are you going to give them money every year, don't you? He goes, yeah, well, I do. Well, you got to count that too. And, uh, and, and you know, so, so he goes, oh, well, if you do that, then yeah, it's not that. So um, we want to take into account every single dollar that you either spend or give to charity, give to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs, whatever it is that you're doing. We want to count all of that as part of your, your, your expenses. The next thing we want to do is we want to look at the sources of income that you have. So where, what do you have? Social security? Are you, do you have a pension? Do you have real estate income? So these are investment sources that are not your um, investments. I'm, I'm sorry, income sources that are not your investments. Okay, so things that are not sitting in your investment accounts. Now, once we've determined that, usually we have a shortfall, meaning that your expenses are going to be higher than what Social Security and other things are going to generate. That being the case, that difference needs to be made up by your investments. Your nest egg's got to supply that for you. And so now we need to look at, well, what rate of return do we need to make on your retirement nest egg to generate enough to pay for that shortfall, but also take into account inflation going forward and any changes that are happening in the future, etc. So, but once we figure out what that is, and of course it's an assumption and it's going to change over time, but once we figure out what that is at that time, then that tells us how much risk we need to take. Okay. So if we need to earn 10%, I hope not, because if you do, we're going to talk you out of it. But if you need to earn 10% on your investments to pay for your retirement, then that would be a different uh, risk profile, a different investment strategy than if you're if 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 that number would be six percent or four percent or even two percent. We have clients who come in and you know they have enough money that two uh, percent is is uh, is is enough to to pay for their retirement. So that being the case, you can be super conservative with that, and it, you may be one of those people that doesn't need any stock market in your portfolio. Okay, so it all depends uh, how much risk you're going to take is going to be in our view dependent on how much heavy lifting does your do do your investments need to make and one of the jobs that, that is our job is that if that heavy lifting is too high meaning that uh, generally speaking if if that number that we calculate for you comes out to be more than six percent then we start having conversations about are your expenses too high for your investments to carry and can we cut that down and you can still retire or still cover it during your retirement? Or do we need to delay your retirement so that you can build up more money to be able to support what you want? So it, it's all a, you know, it's a give and take. And uh, one of the beauties about uh, being a, a retirement planner is that we help you to build the plan. We do it together. You have pride of authorship. And uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful exercise. I love doing it. I did it twice last week, as a matter of fact, with clients. And uh, it, it's, it's a fun exercise, and it's just very gratifying if we can make it work. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, and you'd like to go through that exercise with us, then I invite you to go to our website. It's rpoa.com. And when you're there, click on Meet with an Advisor. If you do that, we'll uh, schedule a time to visit with you. We'll do it virtually or in person. We'll, we'll work that out. And uh, if we can help you build your plan, we want to help you with your Social Security decisions, when, how. Uh, you should take your Social Security. We want to talk about your income tax implications. If you have a 401k or retirement plan or a pension plan, you know, what are the implications of that? How to maximize those things? Medicare, all those kind of things we want to help you with. No charge or obligation. And if we can help you, great. And if not, 
that's fine too. No charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. Okay, so uh, take advantage of that. The website is rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to increase your social security by 32% or maybe even 50%. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morafe. Uh, we're going to talk in this segment about how to increase your Social Security uh, uh, benefits by 32% or maybe even 50%. How about them? You like apples? How about them apples? <laughs> so how do you do that? Well, let's start with the 32% and we'll get to the 50%. Okay, so basically the uh, – and, and actually it could be more than 50%. In fact, in some cases it's been a lot more than that. So how do you do that? Well, the 32% where I got that number from is that if you start taking your Social Security at age 66, um, then obviously you start getting it. But if you wait till you're 70, then during those four years, what they do is they will increase. They give you what are called delayed credits. Uh, and so if you wait those four years to start collecting, what will happen is, is that your benefits will increase by 8%. So, it's, so sometimes people say, oh, well, I'm going to get an 8% return on my investment. No, you're not. What you're getting is an 8% increase in your benefit. So what that means is, I'm going to use a simple number just to show you the math. If, you're, if your Social Security benefit was $100 and you waited that one more year, then you get $108. And then, again, simple math here. I'm not compounding. But that second year, you get another $8. You get $16. Okay? So you... Over the course of those four years, it would be 32%, which is the 8% for those four years that you delayed. Okay, so that's one way that you can increase your Social Security benefits. Now, of course, you are foregoing those dollars during those four years that you could have collected, right? So there's there's also that. But generally speaking, it might it, it could be a good idea. Now, one other thing, and this is not part of this conversation, but since I said waiting till 70, there is an advantage to your, your spouse, and that is that upon your death, your spouse gets your Social Security or theirs, whichever is the higher, and if you wait till you're 70, then you're waiting for the maximum benefit that you could get, and then that way, upon your death, your spouse will get the highest amount that he or she could have gotten, okay, if it's higher than theirs. So that's a, a, a reason to wait till you're 70. So a couple of things. You got 30, 32%. Now, the other thing is the way you can get it to be 50% or more is that you can collect on your spouse's benefit if yours is less than half of theirs, okay? So again, if theirs is $100 and yours is $30, then what you can do is you can file for a spousal benefit and you can get $50, okay? So you can do that. There are some rules around that, but it's, uh, it, it's a way to, do, to get at, le at least a 50% benefit if you both are uh, 66 and over, uh, and therefore you could increase your benefit potentially by 50%. I've seen in some cases an increase of 80%. So what does this all mean? Social Security is extremely complicated. I can tell you that. In fact, I've, I've said many times that if there was an Olympic gold medal for complexity, Social Security would win the gold medal every single time. Uh, but uh, 
it and, and and if you don't do it properly, you, you potentially could leave tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table over the course of your lifetime. And we don't want you to do that, so we want to help you out. So if you go to our website, it's rpoa.com. You've got several things that you can do. One is you can attend our upcoming Social Security seminars, which will give you some ideas on how to maximize Social Security that way. If you want to just be a student, or if you want somebody to help you and walk you through it and do all that, you can uh, click on Meet with an Advisor, and we'll help you with that as well. So either way, we want to help you to maximize and get the most out of the system that you possibly can get. You've paid for it. You've earned it. You deserve it. And if you don't get it, that's on you. They're not going to call you up and say, oh, by the way, you made a mistake. You should have gone this way instead of that way. At least the last time I checked, they don't do that. So uh, take advantage of the resources. Let us help you. Go to our website, rpoa.com, and uh, take advantage of what we've got available to help you to maximize your Social Security. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to call – we're going to – talk about our the buy hold myth which is it's okay to lose 50% of your money because it's going to come back don't worry about it well stay tuned we'll tell you why we disagree with that one this is money matters and i am ken moray we are back and uh, i want to talk with you now about uh, our foundational philosophy of uh, managing our clients' money. Now, of course, we do a lot of things for our clients. We help them with their income tax planning, their estate planning, uh, social security planning, Medicare planning, insurance. Um, we, 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 we try to help the, with the, be a very holistic uh, company to help our clients with all the retirement planning needs. Foundationally, though, managing our clients' money is probably the most important of all of those. And we have a philosophy that drives our decision-making, which we call our invest and protect strategy. Now, the invest and protect strategy is designed to minimize the damage done when bear markets come. And so we want to get out, protect our clients, protect you from big-time losses. And that is counter to the philosophy of buy and hold which is uh, pretty mainstream at this point. And uh, we think that it's very dangerous to have a buy and hold philosophy, but uh, that's uh, one that is uh, quite popular. And basically, if I interpret buy and hold, which means that you buy a a quality basket of investments, you diversify, you uh, uh, rebalance them periodically, and if you've done that, your job job is done, okay? And now you you go sit in a a hammock and sit mint juleps and, and you're done. Well, that's not quite the case because even a diversified portfolio that was 60 stock and 40 bond uh, in 2008 lost 37% of its value. Uh, and that is not something that I think if you're in that 10-year period that I was talking about uh, that you'd want to experience. So this whole notion that it is okay to lose tons of money because it's going to come back one day, we find to be just uh, illogical, dangerous, and, 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 and something that is uh, antithetical to our whole philosophy of having your money last as long as you do. Because if you lose a lot of money and you're taking money out at the same time, you're doing what farmers call eating your seed corn. And if you do enough of that, when growth season comes, guess what? You may have eaten up all your seed corn. You got nothing left to plant. And that's not a good situation at all. Now, there's a mathematical situation also that is, is uh, I think, some people uh, may not understand properly when it comes to what happens when you lose money. So let's say that, you know, and, and it's interesting because there was a, a, a survey done that I, a few years ago, I don't remember exactly, but it, it asked these people, a lot of people, um, if, you, if you lost 50% of your money, how much would you need to make to get back to even? 
And the answer that a very high percentage of people gave was 50%. Well, let's do the math on that. Okay, so you have $100. You lose 50% of it. You now have $50. You make 50%. How much have you got now? 50% of the 50 you had is 25. So now you've got $75. You're not back to the 100. So if you lose 50% of your money, you now have to make 100%. You have to double your money to get it back to even. And that's not easy to do. <laughs> that sometimes can take years. And in fact, you know, if you look at what happened uh, with the Great Depression, the stock market crash of 1929, the Dow went down 92% uh, from peak to trough. It took 25 years to get back to even. So, so you know, and I, if you retired right at the beginning of that, you may not live long enough to see your seed corn get replenished. So, and especially if you're living on it at the same time. So this notion that, you know, it's okay to lose big because it'll come back one day defies the math. And, you know, we're very logical in terms of our approach to stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we want to do is we want to put the odds in our favor of, of you having a successful retirement. And when we see the potential for a large loss and you look at the mathematical impact of that and what it's going to take for you to get back to where you were, gosh, that makes, that makes it not something that we want, we want to have to try to do. And we don't envy other advisory firms that you know, they have to like, sit through that and then hope and pray that it comes back someday. You know, and, and Y2K, if you think about it, uh, if you look at what happened, uh, it, it, the, the S&P 500 index went down 49%. Um, in the uh, Y2K bear market. It did get back to even, but it took seven years for that to happen, 2007. And guess what happened? Then 2008 came along and it went back down. And it wasn't until 2013 when the market, the S&P, got back to basically where it was in January of 2000. So that's a, it, it actually, if you look at that whole time span, it took 13 years for the, the, the investment to come back to even, if you will. And so all of that is very stressful. We don't believe in that. And that's why we have our invest and protect strategy. Now, if you are over 50, if you are within five years of retirement or you're in that first five years of your retirement, we'd love to visit with you. You are in the most crucial time of your entire financial life in our view. And we want to help you get through that in a, in a positive way. So we have lots of resources to take advantage of. One is you can uh, uh, go to our website. They all start with going to our website. It's rpoa.com. And uh, when you're there, you've got lots of stuff you can watch and you can binge on. We got videos, we got articles, we got podcasts, we got stuff galore. Uh, You can sign up to visit with one of our retirement planners to build a plan for you at no charge. You can attend. We got several seminars coming up this next week that I think you'd benefit from. Tons and tons of resources. Take advantage. We've got it there just for you. All right. So our website, rpoa.com. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what the proposed estate tax laws could do to your estate tax planning. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. This is the time of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor. And uh, this is called estate planning. 
And so tax laws impact that, of course. And uh, this year, uh, President Biden is proposing some several significant, if not historic, changes to the estate tax laws. And should they be enacted, then uh, it's going to require some uh, a lot of uh, new planning. And so I want to give you what that's all about, at least one part of it. But before I do that, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches. If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And of course that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches and you know the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags, and we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, the proposed tax law changes. So in the current law, there is what is called a step up in basis. So let me explain what that means. So with a step up in basis, what it means is, is that upon the death of a person that you inherit from, the value of that property becomes the value on the date of death. So if you sell it and there's no gain from the date of death to when you sell it, then there is no capital gains tax. So since $1 million is my favorite number, let's use that. So let's say you have $1 million, right? And this is a piece of property that is a million dollars. It's worth today a million dollars. And it was bought you know, 30 years ago for 100000 So there's a $900,000 gain built into that piece of property. So now you inherit that at a million dollars. If you now sell it for a million dollars, then because the date of death value is your basis, then you have no gain. And therefore, there's no capital gains tax. Had the person who owned it sold it before they died, they would have paid on the $900,000 of gain. So that's called the step up in basis. And that's been around, I've been in business 30 years, it's been around for that whole time. Now, the proposal is that we eliminate the that uh, cap, the uh, step up in basis and we replace it with a the capital gains tax And so what that would mean is that if you now inherited the same million dollar piece of property that has that built in gain and you sell it sub, you sell it sub subsequently, easy for me to say, right? Uh, then you would owe the tax on that entire $900,000 worth of gain. Well, take some advice, Pilgrim. You'll have to defend it with a gun. Okay, now we don't need to get that extreme, Duke, okay? Let's try to be civil about this. Uh, (laughs) We have enough political issues, Jack, without people defending stuff with a gun. But anyway, so... So if the proposal goes through, the problem with it, which is why we don't think it has much of a chance, because it's been proposed before, um, but it could, you know, stranger things have happened, is that how do we go about determining what grandpa bought that, you know, whatever, 30 years ago for? And, you know, and then you got all of to to determine the capital gains taxes, you got to build in, okay, were there any improvements made? And was, you know, did did any stuff like that happen? And were books and records kept? It's just to go back and reconstruct something for a person that's dead is not easy. 
For those of you who've been through it, you know what I'm talking about. And so it's unlikely to pass, but it is on the table, and right now it's actually being considered very seriously, perhaps more seriously than at any time in my career. Uh, And as I said, I've been doing this for almost three decades now. Uh, So if that does happen, we'll talk with you about on this show uh, what you should be thinking about in terms of how to address that. And uh, more importantly, we'll ask you to come in and visit with us and talk about it. Or if you want to plan ahead, uh, we're happy to visit with you as well. So our, our website is rpoa.com. And uh, we, have a, we have several seminars coming up in this next week that I think you'll find of interest. The, the most important one, I think, is uh, the retirement planning seminar. At that seminar, we talk about how to uh, uh, mitigate the effects of the three worst enemies to your financial well-being that we see. One is inflation. We'll talk about what is the, in our view, what is the best investment you can use to fight inflation with. Secondly, income taxes. We talk about the best ways to reduce your income taxes. And then thirdly, we'll talk about um, bear markets, which you talked about early in the show, and that would be our invest and protect strategy. So we want to help you do that. We have tons of other information, when and how to take Social Security, all at our website. Uh, you can sign up there for the upcoming seminar on retirement planning. So rpoa.com is where you go. Well, you know what? This shows over already. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next time. Same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Of course not. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Moray or MMWKM Advisors LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has a a particular level of skill or ability.